Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. But this little dink ball, no one in a crowded area where it's a fist pass, the weight is taken over, hits the ground and it bounces into a fella's chest. Why do you not do many interviews? Oh, really? Yeah, I've been asked to do a whole pile. Really? Yeah. Have you ever rang me? And they're roaring at me. I coffee, you free state bastard. <laughs> and next thing I hear, you have no fucking jurisdiction up here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I want to start off the show today by apologising to my father. Um, I was supposed to paint the gable end of the house with him. I wasn't going to do a show today, but I just watched me yesterday and the game was so exciting. Incredible finish. I've had to let the father down. I had to torture yourself and Breach, Sarah, at about nine o'clock last night to come in and do a show. It just feels like you have to talk about this show or about this match. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a huge day for ladies football. And I think, you know, Dublin have really raised the bar over the last four or five years and prior to that Cork and you know, I think Core said something last night. It's been since 2004 that it's either been Cork yeah. or Dublin. So to see another team win yesterday was just, you know, unbelievable. The absolute scenes in Crow Park yesterday. Yeah. Breach Corkery, you won't think it was boring at all that yourselves in Dublin were dominating. But I can't understand how this kind of, how people haven't been complaining about this. It's been a two horse race since 2004. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of strange. Um, I suppose, look, it's, Obviously, we were delighted because we were on the good on the good side of things most of the time. Um, but like, it's great for it's great for ladies football to see a change in things. Um, obviously, you know, everyone wants the the top people knocked off, and for years we were always we were always those people that wanted to be beaten. Um, so we know how how Dublin feel when the uh, the beaten run gets gets. Um, the unbeaten run gets challenged and uh look it was it was a they've had a fantastic run and they've had a lot of losses over the years Dublin had. Um so you know I suppose we're just it was it was great for me to to take that win yesterday and just it was a great match to watch. Yeah, it was fantastic, exciting. Like I mean 
put into context some bits there about where Mead are after coming from. Like, we know they were intermediate. Like, the stories of them being hammered six years ago by 40 points on TV. They only scored three points. Like, there were no hopers, pretty much. It's a, like, it's an incredible story. It's an unbelievable story. And, like, you would love just to get inside their camp for a week and just see what it's about. Because from the outside looking in, I think you feel like there's a very strong connection and bond there that they've obviously built over time. And you can really feel a sense of a really good team culture in there. And even the way they speak and the messages that they were given throughout the week, I thought were very good. And the way the manager has been involved in ladies football for 15 years and he never really thought he'd be in this position. And then as well, the way they spoke leading up to the game was about like, you know, it is our dream to play in Crow Park, but it's our dream to win. And it was just, I suppose it was kind of one of those things that you're like, they're destined to achieve something. But at the same time, everyone has underestimated them over the last while and I was like can they do it like you know there was a sense of maybe this has been a fluke for them the last couple of games did they just scrape by Cork Yeah. will they you know turn up to the final and have stage fright and not, not get over Dublin at all and Dublin walk all over them you know there was a feeling of maybe that could happen and I think absolute credit to them and the way they stood up yesterday and the way they worked for each other but you could see that they were extremely well organised extremely well coached and they knew exactly what they were doing so it was absolutely no fluke that they were in that position no, yesterday de- Definitely not and I, I do think that the, the finish against Cork kind of fed into this underdogs thing uh, Breed you know they, they were steep to get out of there that day it was you know it was a brilliant finish for them but there was still a feeling that they weren't as good as Cork they just had that great finish and then they're playing a team that's better than Cork you know it was real kind of underdog coming into it like it was 1 to 10 in the bookies um, yeah like uh, I, I was delighted with their win yesterday I had I had them backed at 8 to 1 so really how much <laughs> uh, uh, I got 90 euro back very yeah, good, so I, was, very good. I, I, I only threw a tinner at them um, look I suppose I definitely gave them a chance yesterday um, I think against Cork um, I think they were nervous going in against Cork in Crow Park um, there was a couple of times there they they were gone through for gone through for a score and their last pass the pass was perfect it was just they fumbled and I think that was nerves and in the last ten minutes against Cork those passes went through for them and it was like they were starting to grow more in confidence. Um, I think you know and then in extra time they just totally grew in confidence and I, I like yesterday I was kind of saying maybe Dublin will just have that little bit over them but I wouldn't be writing them off completely um I, I was at the at home um with my family we were talking about the match you know and I think it was something similar to us in 2004 against Gal 2005 against Galway um we weren't given any chance against Galway at all and sometimes, sometimes you're better off. And if you're growing in confidence, um, you know that can that can help you drive on a little bit more. You've nothing to lose. They let the shackles off. Um, and look, I suppose Dublin. I don't. I don't think Dublin were ready for their intensity either. Um, but yeah, it was. You know, they they played to their heart contents, but they were definitely growing in confidence. And as Sarah said, there a while ago, like their articles were very confident but not cocky which was a, a good sign of them you know they, they, but they, they lost two intermediates in a row so a huge improvement under um, Eamon, Eamon Murray 
but they still lost two finals and then got over it on the third occasion. So, like, Tyrone and Tipperary beat them. What did they, they didn't do much in the senior. Like, how have me done this? I'm scratching my head thinking, how is this even, is it the style of play that they changed, Sarah? You know, that it's difficult to, to play against. Yeah, I think it's their style of play is really good. I think that I was away now in Australia at the time, but Mayo ladies played them as well in a challenge game and they beat Mayo quite well. And, you know, again, it was this, how did we lose to me kind of feeling? Yeah. Or what are, what are they doing? But then you go, actually, they're really hard to break down. And when, like I said, I just they probably haven't been given the credit or the respect that they deserve, but it has been an unbelievable turnaround and it's kind of nearly one that's a bit unheard of. Um, but I think even you see their number 14, Emma Duggan, and she's all the way back in the full back line. So the way that they move, the way that they get up and down the field is just um, unbelievable. Yeah. So they're all working for each other and it's a very cohesive unit. You can see that. And they also hold the ball really well and they manage it. They kind of know Vicky Wall is either, you know, breaking lines and bursting through or, but there's always someone behind her on her shoulder to loop back and to kind of settle the play and then go again. So they know when to go fast and, and, and when to slow it down. Yeah. Mentioning Emma Duggan, did she mean the goal breach? Um, look, I, I, I'm not too sure, but sure, look, uh, it was it was still a fantastic goal. Um, I think she's a smart player. Um, so I wouldn't put a past her. I, I think only she can say that, to be honest. Um you know, I'd hate to discredit her if she did mean it. Um, so it was, if it was a point, it would have been an unbelievable point. And it's, it was even a better goal, you know, I suppose. And the timing was perfect. So I don't know. It's hard to know whether she meant it or not. But I do think she's a very classy player. Um, and, you know, I, I'll give her the credit of it if I can. What's yeah. your what's your take, Sarah? I, ch- I think she pretty much said after the game she did mean it. The goalie was way off her line. I'm, I I watched it back and I'm like, I didn't think she did it the first time. And then I watched it back again. I was like, I think she might have meant it. She was sending it. Maybe if it landed on the net and it was a point, big deal. But if I love her, great. Yeah, well, I know myself. Yeah. If I was her, I would definitely say that I was going for the goal anyway. So there's no <laughs> that way. That goes without saying. <laughs> so uh, we're going to say, yeah, she went for the goal. And she meant it. And it was unbelievable. And, you know, I suppose. But like that, you said she scored a few crack. She had another, um, she, I think she had another opportunity at one point. But um, in general, like like Breach said, she's a very classy player. And, um, you know, I wouldn't put it past her. Yeah, she, I like the way she carries herself on the field. She's good and she kind of knows she's good. Do you know that? Yeah. If that makes sense. She's half a Port Leash woman as well. Her, her father won county titles with Port Leash. She so wouldn't be playing a um, junior championship at the age of 42 <laughs> like yourself. But, um. <laughs> did you, Breach, did you see her interview after the game where the cameraman was walking backwards and she was walking towards the camera? And, and it was a brilliant interview in TG Cahar. And then the cameraman at one stage, I think it's Jerome Quinn, he says, Here, what are we doing walking? And, and Emma just says, I don't know what I'm doing. This is just. <laughs> She was kind of completely over overcome with emotion at that stage. No, I I didn't see that part. No, to be honest. Um, but I suppose in her interviews, um, she comes across like she means business, you know, um, and like and, and she does she does the business on the pitch, which is which is vitally important, you know. So I I could I wouldn't put it past her to just keep walking and. You know, I don't think she's in it for the limelight. I think she's there to work hard and be a good player and work to the best of her ability, you know. Um and she's she's a she's a joy to watch. Um maybe she was a little quieter yesterday. Um I know she still scored savage scores or whatever, but she was much quieter than usual. Um but not not much quieter, but she was definitely quieter, but she but at the end of the day she was still unbelievable, like which is that's what a sign of someone like, you know. Well, that's the thing. I think she had three shots at the goal from play and scored one, two. 
she probably wasn't on as yeah. much ball as you would have expected, um, Sarah. Here's a yeah. question I want to throw at you, Sarah. Throw the two of you. Were Dublin complacent? The reason I'm asking is because Mick Bowen was interviewed before the game, and this is in hindsight stuff. I remember thinking it as he was as he was talking. Now he was very gracious after the game. I don't want to be too critical of him, but he started talking about Limerick and Limerick's perfect performance against Cork, and you know that's what we're striving for—a perfect seventy. He never talked about what meat we're going to bring, the intensity, the battle. It was all like we're striving for this kind of perfection, and I was like, you know, is that really what you want to be talking about before an All Ireland final? Yeah, I think. Um Mick, like, I know him a bit from DCU and I think, like, absolute, as I said, credit to Dublin and what they've done over the last couple of years. And because he came in off the back of so many of Dublin's losses, you know, I do have the utmost respect for what he has done. Um, I think his messaging always prior to games is always a bit peculiar because he either talks about the foul or he loves to talk about the foul um, and or sometimes he can lose maybe his train of thought but I don't know if that's well thought out or if that's just him kind of deflect from Dublin. I'm not sure which way it is but I, I, my my guess is that that was probably well thought out. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's unusual that he wa- if he was talking about uh, Cork and Limerick I didn't see that interview myself but um, it's you know you'd think that you'd be just all focused on so I suppose in terms of complacency I'd say there's probably a small bit of that um, for Dublin but I also think that Meath were just so well coached and well organised and I think where they really got them was the kickouts um, Keira Trant's unbelievable experience um, but I think she was really under pressure yesterday and I think just like the way they pressed up and they marked the kickouts zonally was I suppose the turning point and kickouts are huge in ladies football like they're often the winning and the losing of the game so I think that's where they um, really you know took Dublin on Yeah I don't think they were expecting that and Mick Bowen said after the game then Breach I'm going to stick on Mick Bowen here for a minute um, I don't know if uh, it is what he said after the game then I'm putting this on the back of what he said before the game looking for perfection and Limerick and all this stuff he says I don't know if I saw that coming maybe we didn't um, I couldn't get over their intensity it's the first time we've seen we've seen it up front you know, I've seen that then and I'm thinking geez, are these just are coasting into a final here thinking that it's going to happen yeah, I mean, I I do think I do think Dublin were complacent. Um, you could even see it in their play. Um, you know, and I'm not taking anything from Mead here, but I I do think you know when Mead got past Dublin, it was like they were shocked they got past them, and then they'd have to be like, oh God, they're gone past me. You know, I I I do feel Dublin were a little bit complacent. Um. And I think, you know, and even as you said, McBone did say it at the end, you know, he said we didn't see it coming. The other thing as well is I they wouldn't have played them in any um Leinster Championship this year. Um or have ever played them in Leinster Championship. So I suppose they didn't know a huge amount about them. Um Dublin have been very strong over Cork, um, I suppose in the last two years maybe. Um, you know, they they just seem to be I know some games the the score wasn't there wasn't a huge scoring difference, but there was definitely you could see Dublin were a much stronger team. Maybe that's what they were going off that you know they beat Cork, you know, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I think maybe Dublin were a little bit complacent, and I think that'll that'll hurt um, that'll hurt them a lot. Um, but I'm sure they'll bounce back from it and it'll, it'll just make, it'll make next year very competitive and very interesting. Yeah, I thought even at the end, again, this is ta- not taken away from me. They're the story of this. They were mm-hmm. sensational. What they've done is just beyond belief. 
But even at the end, when Mead were passing it around, trying to run down the clock, were Dublin really hunting them down? You know, it, it just didn't yeah. feel like they, they kind of were. I think as well, in the middle of all that success for each meet, maybe you can answer this question because I can't certainly. But, um, you know, in a place where you've achieved time and time again, you know, this is, they're going for five in a row here. Is there a sense of that you get tired and that, you know, is there ever that feeling of, well, you know, it's the same thing. It's repetitive year in, year out. And like, I'd say you never get sick of succeeding, but, you know, there might, there might come a time where there's a lapse in concentration. That's what I felt from Dublin. And even we were going out to play them at Mayo this year, a party goes, you know, somewhere in that, all that professionalism, all the money that they pump into the Dublin GA, there's tired bodies, tired minds. And, you know, maybe there was a sense of that as well. Yeah. I don't know, Breed, you can probably answer more on that or being in a successful environment for so long. Is there ever a time where you go, you know? I don't think Breed ever got tired of winning no, all No, Breed never did because she just did it time and time again. I wish I, wish I could say the same no, about myself. No, there's certainly, there's certainly, um, you know, there's... I suppose, look, we we were very lucky that, you know, it might have happened to us um, in Munster finals where we got, where we lost, where Kerry bet us and we knew we were better than that and we knew something had gone stale. So we'll say Eamon would have liked changed something up again, you know, and I just think it might have just happened Dublin um, yesterday that, you know, that they were, you know, they they had a lot won. Maybe they were they were having a little bit of hunger issues, you know, like and it does happen. Like four years on the road, and you have to say, like, there's a lot of those girls have more than just four years in a row done. Like, you look at Lindsay Davy and you look at Sinead Hearn. They're there since 2004. Um, like unbelievable players, unbelievable servants, but you know after their successive wins, like, you know, they're bound to get kind of, you know, I suppose, how would you say, not enough of it, but sometimes a loss can make you eager for more. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, and again, we're not taking away from Mead at all, but it is, it is the, it is the, the honesty about it too, you know. Yeah, exactly. We have to talk about uh, Vicky Wall's steps. Does she overcarry every time she gets to Like, I mean, she's incredible. We have her, like, she was player of the match and rightly so. Yeah. Like, and the style of football seems to really suit her that she's carrying it all the time and she's so strong. She takes an awful lot of steps. And then I thought it was funny. I was tweeting about this. The one time she didn't overcarry, the ref caught her for overcarrying. <laughs> yeah, I have to say there was one or two times where I was like, no, no, that's definitely steps, Vicky. You're going to have to t- pull it back a small bit. But um, I think she's so powerful that like, even you could see the likes of like a player like Sinead Goldrick, who's also a lot of power and pace as well, was like, clinching at her arms like trying to catch her but Vicky's power was just too much for them and it was yeah. like she broke the lines all the time she caused absolute havoc going through the middle because even Lara McGee again another player who's extremely strong when you hit her it's like hitting a brick wall and Vicky was just ploughing through them they were trying they were gra- trying to grab her arm they just couldn't get there so um, yeah but I don't know about the steps now as in that might have to be rewatched and <laughs> we'll look at that one again a, a lot of people after the game uh, Breach were saying that it was a very physical game and things like that and there was some you know tough challenges earlier on there was a high one on Emma Duggan into the chest and she went down and stuff like that like we want, do we want more? Like I think that added to the game, and I know this is this isn't a new conversation, 
But the crowd likes to see physicality. You're not allowed shoulder. You know, if you, to be honest, if, if one of the girls goes down, it's a free. You know, like, can the game be improved by not blowing these as fouls and bringing some more physicality into the game? Yeah, I, I, look, I, I quite enjoyed the game yesterday. Um, like, just you just don't want it to get too rough. That's that's the main thing. Um, but I did enjoy watching it. Look, there was a few couple of high challenges. Um, there was a couple of decisions that went either way that you'd be dubious about. But the game is getting faster. It's not easy for refs. I don't like giving out about refs in general because I think it's not easy to to ref a game, you know. Um but uh, yeah, like I suppose the one on Emma Duggan, there was another one on, um, was it Neva Sullivan? She got another one into the face. A hand as well, in but, the face, yeah. Yeah, uh, like, uh, I think, you know, I think if you're a player, you're, you know, the Dublins, they're just going to oh. stand there and they're going to do the best they can, you know, to, to stop someone. Um, you know, I don't think the refs, I think the ref probably should have given me a couple of frees there. Um, but then on the other hand, like as we were talking there, v- Vicky Wall got away with a couple of steps uh, a couple of times, but you know, so uh, I I like I like to see that bit of strength in it, um, you know, a bit a little bit of physicality. It just makes it more interesting, and as you said, it's more crowd pleasing. It's much easier to watch if it's let let flow, and it's much more enjoyable as well. So, um, yeah, I suppose w- I I often go back to like when we were playing. Uh, Eamon Ryan said, "If you get hit, the main thing you do is don't go down." Um, he was like, keep going, because if you go down, that they'll only enjoy you going down. So, you know, that was the one thing I was saying, like, you know, the meat players, I was like, get, just get up again, or or the dumb players, just get up again, you know, just just keep going. And I'd like to see see a lot of that as well. Yeah, the, 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 the con- it, it just feels like more of a contest when there's more physicality. I know, Sarah, you have been on record saying you'd like to see the shoulder to shoulder, you know, tacker or charge come in. Like... That would add to the game. I just don't understand. What's the argument for it not coming in? Well, I I just think as well, the tackle is not clearly defined and it's dependent on the referee. So I actually don't know. Like watching the game yesterday, I was like, I don't know if that's going to be free or not. Like I couldn't tell it, tell what it was going to be because I think the the inconsistency in refereeing is more so. For me, it's either it's either there is physicality or there's not, but it definitely changes from game to game. So for right. me, I'm like, there just needs to be consistency there, whichever way it is. Like we're not, obviously the Neva Sullivan was a stonewall free in any, you know, in the men's game, whatever, it's a hand to the face. But, and so was the other one and Emma Duggan, it was kind of a, a push to the chest. But I don't know, I think sometimes when you're, Breach, if you're tackling somebody and your momentum might bump into them, you know, that's blown then as a free and it's not really, a, you know, it shouldn't really be a free. Well, it should under the rules. I'm yeah. saying it, I wish it wasn't. Yeah, um, it, it's kind of funny. Um, my, I suppose myself and my husband, we, we were having an argument about that. He was like, you know, he was like, it's not a free. It was momentum carried. Or, but like, yes, like we have to be realistic. If momentum carries you and you commit a foul, then it's still a foul, you know, Um so, like, I kind of found yesterday there was some, like, poor decisions made. Um, but, I, like, I'd have given maybe freeze a different way. When I was watching, it, I suppose, look, I was watching it on television, so I, I would have given freeze another way. Um, I suppose there was a couple of times there, Mead, um, they were going with the ball, and instead of going straight through the player, they turned, and the, play, the dumb player came up against them, and Dublin got a free out for... Uh, a free out every time nearly for that whereas I would have felt it should have been there should have been no free given because me didn't actually go in for the shoulder into anyone you know it was 
you know, I don't think bringing in the shoulder will define anything either. You know, that that's my own personal opinion. But um, I just think, you know, definitely the physicality is great. But there was just a couple of decisions that were a bit dubious. But again, as I said, I don't like to give out about refs because it's it's not an easy job. Yeah, it's interesting to see how it goes. Uh, the uh, LGFA president, Marie Hickey, said the counties are free to make proposals regarding rule changes to our, at our annual Congress. I don't recall any proposals in recent times um, trying to change that. So I suppose it's, instead of talking about it, um, Sarah, this isn't just directed at you, yep. but, you know, you go to your club, you bring a potential rule change to your county county convention and that br- they bring it to Congress and maybe you get it debated. And, fi- you know, finally, to maybe bring some... Uh, some of that shouldering, but Breach isn't too sure she wants it. I thought it was an overwhelming majority that did that, uh, that, did, that did want it. Yeah, I think when you talk to, I suppose, players who played in the men's game as well and who watch a lot of men's football as well, they go and they watch a women's game. I was actually watching the game yesterday with Shamie O'Shea. He's married to my sister. God forbid I mentioned the O'Sheas in this room. <laughs> but um, he was saying, he's like, I don't know, Sarah, can you explain to me what the tackle is? And I'm like... I don't know, can I? Because I do, as I said, I think it's inconsistent. Um, So I do think that it just needs to be a bit more clearly defined. And I think even for, with the male ladies, like we have people here who've been involved with men's setups for a good few years as well. And there probably is that sense of just a small bit of confusion. So um, I would like to see a bit more physicality, obviously just, I suppose, the nature of coming from playing in Australia and all that, you kind of get used to it. And when I come home, I catch the ball and I kind of expect someone to jump on my back but they don't because obviously there's no contact at all so I would like to see it because I do think it adds another dimension to the game Yeah, I would I would agree with that Right, come here we'll leave it there um, now because I spoke with the player of the match Vicky Wall earlier on the phone and I started off by asking her how the celebrations went last night Yeah, they were absolutely class um, we really enjoyed ourselves and uh, we definitely have a few more days left in the set Yeah, anyway I think it was Eamon Murray says that you're heroes for life in Mead yeah, absolutely. I suppose like the the scenes getting off the bus yesterday, even coming in through trim and stuff, and like the amount of people that were here was just absolutely unbelievable. Like, and so many people from our, our clubs and just even people that are just interested in guy in general and me. So it was just unbelievable. I think me. I think like Mead. Even the men's team have been starved for success. You've the women's team have never won it. So I suppose the whole county is just desperate uh, for this win. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose, um, yeah, the fact that we'd never been there before, I suppose it was something we'd mentioned and obviously we wanted to go up and do the job and I think it was just like, there was just immense support throughout the county throughout the entire few weeks leading up to the final. So yeah, it was just unbelievable. I, that was one thing I commented on watching the game as well, it was the support that Meath had. You seem to, it's not often supporters outnumber Dublin in Croke Park, but it seemed like you had the majority there. Yeah, absolutely. Even a few times, I think, um, towards those kind of 15 minutes in the second half where Dublin definitely kind of got, got the runners a bit and got a good few scores um, just for the water break. Like, even when we got that score from the water break, like the, the cheers and the roars and stuff like that definitely definitely spurred us on. And I suppose, like, even just on the hill, like, there was serious amount of meat supporters there. So it was just, it was class. Well, that was the thing, Andy. Like, I mean, when you turn over the ball, you like to turn over the ball and get a counter-attack. That's when you get a huge, you get as much of a cheer for one of them as you do for a score. Yeah, facts. Like even I think it was even clear he cleared a, block, uh, a ball off the the goal line and just like the cheers for that. Like it was as good. Like like I said, it was as good as a score. Like yeah. Where did the belief come from that she could beat Dublin? I saw Emma Duggan saying after the game, I don't think a single person in the country believed we could do it today, and she's probably right. I d- there was nobody thought that she could do it. It was one to ten um, in some bookies, but like I mean, you just you didn't buy into that at all. 
No, not at all. I, and I think, you know what, I think there's a few interviews done, done during the week um, that I suppose you would have heard about the mention of luck and being lucky and stuff like that. And I just, I think just, I think that's a huge insult. And I think like the, how we got there is definitely not through luck. Um, it's absolutely hard work. And I think like everyone that's on the team, like management, everything, like nothing gets, like no stone gets uh, unturned like the, the work that management put in and also like the panel members like is in we 40 odd girls the train every week and it, it doesn't matter who's marking you whether their name's on the panel for the for the day or not like it's just it's, it's serious competitive and I think I think that's where the belief comes from I suppose Well I think the, the start you got really helped the belief even if there was any doubts like I mean you caught the throw in um, sprinted down the field and were fouled and immediately then you did a huge target on the Dublin kick out and you got loads of joy out of it like it, it's almost like what I'm sure whatever you talked about before the game it seemed to be kind of happening on the field Yeah absolutely I suppose look we, we kind of said we wanted the first score we wanted to set ourselves in and and definitely like their kick out so it was something that we really really wanted to press and obviously like that goal that Emma got and just even I think uh, we know ourselves like when the team is doing well on your kickouts and if you can get a score on an opposition kickout like it's it's just such it's so it, it just builds such momentum like and, and then obviously they have to turn straight away and go for another kickout so I think that was something that we just like we really really wanted to work work on and it definitely paid paid off in the end Yeah it definitely did and uh, Emma's goal um, I presume she meant that Fact, she's not going to say she didn't anyway. <laughs> I, I, I do think she did mean it. Like the goalkeeper was so far off her line. Well, I'd say she was maybe throwing it in that direction. And if it would, like, because her, her, her next point landed on the top of the net. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose we, I watched it back myself, even uh, a few of the clips and stuff this morning. So she has that cheeky little look up. So I wouldn't put it past her, to be honest. <laughs> no, she, she I, I wouldn't put it past her either. Come here, talk to us about the style of play. Like, I mean, it suits your game personally because you like, you know, carrying the ball and, and running with it. It seems to suit a lot of the other girls as well. Yeah, look, I suppose like fitness was something for us that we kind of identified where we really, really wanted to just be like that That couldn't be one of the reasons that we wouldn't win a game, you know, kind of way. So I suppose we really worked on that. Um, and yeah, look, we do play a running game and I suppose people have been saying it's very defensive and stuff like that. But then I, th- I think like people are kind of getting a bit caught up about how defensive we were because if you watch any match this year in ladies football, like when people turn it over, like as in there's always the halfbacks, there's always the, the midfielders getting back, there's always 10 or 11 behind the ball. So I suppose we might have that extra one or two plus that 11. But as in, I don't think we're too, too defensive in comparison to a lot of the other teams. But um, yeah, look, I suppose the running game definitely suited us yesterday. Definitely suits you. And like, I mean, you're very comfortable on it. It's like you're, you, you, you hand pass a lot. But it's, you know, you never seem to be under pressure when you're... Like, even towards the end of the game when you were trying to run down the clock and, like, Dublin were trying to chase you down and there never seemed to be much of a panic there. Yeah, I think I think that just comes from, I think, from being... We've been in so many situations across the years where we could be the last 15 minutes of the game and a close match and we just... We never won them. We just always made stupid mistakes and we might have given two or three of our own kickouts away and stuff like that. So I think it's because we've been in so many scenarios where, where we've lost that you kind of know what not to do at this stage. But like, yeah, look, we do hand pass a lot, but at the same time, like for us, we're all about keeping possession. Um, and I suppose like... Even I saw during the week saying our hand pass is a lot higher than let's say Dublin's ratio of kick passing. But for us, like if we can have be on the ball and keep possession, I suppose that's more important to us than whether we're hand passing or kick passing. Well, that's it. Well, I suppose not every team has to play the same. Like you know, I saw Mick Bowen saying that they're one hand pass to two or one kick pass to two hand yeah. passes, and you're something like one to six. But like I mean, that's the same in the men's game. Not every team plays a kicking game. Yeah, absolutely, and I suppose it depends on opposition as well. Like, then you kind of have to look at 
like obviously teams are going to try and they're trying to bypass us with the kick pass and obviously like if I was going up against us I probably would do the exact same but at the same time like for us like we we have that kind of I suppose speed and endurance that we can we can hand pass at pace and still break with the pitch it's not as if we we can't do that and I suppose um we we're not afraid to kick pass as well I think I know if it's on, if it's on you'll kick, you'll definitely uh, kick back. But you need a great conditioning. Like I mean, your fitness levels were off the charts. Like I mean, I saw someone put it down to Eugene Ivers. Um, is he just with you this year? Um, is he new? I know he was with Donny, with Donegal under Jim McGuinness, and you did a lot of work um, during the lockdown. Oh yeah, he's savage. He's been with us the last two years. Um, like he's just unbelievable. Even during lockdown, like we all had our individual plans and stuff like that, and constantly checking in with us. Like he was just unbelievable. Like and he's just. He like anything you go to him with, he's just he's unbelievable. Yeah, like I mean, and come here. What about the improvement under Eamon Murray? Like I mean, it's been well doc, it's been well documented. Meant that she lost by forty points to Cork. He scored three points, and you got them. As you must have been only sixteen or seventeen at that stage. Um, like I mean, what do you put this down to? A bit of organisation? Is it can't be that simple? No, I don't think it is as simple as that. And I suppose like the, the like those losses to Cork and stuff we've mentioned, but like we lost to Sligo, got relegated to Division Three. Like there's so many other losses. Like I even mentioned during the week, I think like Offaly travelled down with 15 or 16 players and absolutely annihilated us one year. So I just think it's it's kind of been like it's definitely been building. And I was even saying yesterday, like there's a lot of girls in need, women I, I should say that like have given their their lives to me football and, and haven't achieved any of the success. And I suppose when I first came in, they, a lot of them were kind of hanging up the boots and it's like they were they'd given 10 or 12 years like it was just it wasn't as if they were just doing it for a few years so I suppose it's definitely been an accumulation of I think getting getting the interest back in ladies football in Mead um, and building and like the underage is, is unbelievable in Mead and like Eamon I was I was involved with Eamon under 16s and minor as well so he's he's been on the scene for years and I just think like the, the relationship he has the relationships he has with the girls on this team are like second to none and he just he gets to know us all so well individually so I, I think it's huge credit to him He talks a lot about having fun and enjoying yourselves and stuff like that he seems like he's kind of like a father figure that if you were to lose you'd be devastated for him type of manager Oh absolutely I suppose like you could give you could give a terrible hand pass in training and Eamon will just still be standing on the sideline saying that's class that's class <laughs> he's, just, he's just he's an easy man to please sometimes but um, yeah no he's just unbelievable and he just he, it's his life, like he said, and I suppose um, for him and his family this year, it's, it's been a great distraction for them as well. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I mean, you were player of the match yesterday, you were player of the match last year in the intermediate final. It's fair to say that you like the big occasion in Crow Park? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, who doesn't? I suppose they're the days you train for. Uh, yeah, look, I suppose I definitely don't think I was deserving of a player match yesterday. Um, I really just think, like, the epitome of a team sport, like, I just think yesterday, like, all of us stood up at different times like there was difficult, di- different pinnacle moments where different people stood up like even just in the back and stuff like su- such key turnovers and even like everyone that needed to step up stepped up at the right time like Monica made some unbelievable saves and even just for us keep possession and when the subs came on like Nevi G and Megan like I think Megan won the first two balls like intercepted two balls and she came on so I just think it was it was definitely all of us together. It was absolutely it wasn't just one of us. I know you had some great performance. I think Monica, uh, her kickouts were great, especially when you saw the Dublin kickout. You know, kind of losing a lot. She kind of did a bunch and break, and she just wait and wait and wait until you know somebody made that run and just tap it to them. Yeah, and that's down to practice, like as in we like in training and stuff like that. Like as in it's just like practice and practice and practice and putting immense pressure on her during the kickouts, like we probably have. 
a lot a lot of extra forwards in there when we're training trying to put it like serious pressure on us so I suppose maybe when she gets to those days and there's not as many on it it kind of sees the space a bit more but then again like when you have 10 girls looking for a kick out as well it, it always helps Yeah yeah exactly I was tweeting about you during the game yesterday that you had some very questionable steps uh, uh, fouls <laughs> I think you, you might have taken 12 at one stage and then the one time you didn't actually overcarry it the referee blew you for overcarrying yeah, look, I suppose um, I, I would have had a few words to ref as well myself yesterday, but I suppose <laughs> for me, um, maybe yesterday, I, I definitely saw a few, a few of those feet face steps, but I suppose it, it, it's hard not to take a few extra steps when you have someone hanging off the back of you, so we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Like, No, but generally you get away with steps when somebody's tackling you, you know, and it's it, it kind of goes unnoticed. You had two different, you'd Sinead Goldrick uh, marking you uh, pretty tight, and then did Laura McGee change over on you in the second half? Yeah, yeah, they stopped in the second half. I think, look, like a huge, huge respect for Dublin. Like they're a seriously physical team, and I like that. They're so they were so well conditioned, and I would played with a lot of them in college as well. So I'd be fairly familiar with them. But like like that, as in, it was it was really physical. And I suppose I'd probably myself anyway. I would like to see the ladies' game get a bit more physical and allow those rules kind of go that way. Why Why is it not? Like, what's the argument against it? Because like, I mean, if you're talking about increasing crowds at games, and we were talking about it on the show here, crowd like the physicality of it. And yesterday was a more physical game than you usually see, and that was, the game was all the better for it. Yeah, and I suppose even for us, like the the leap from intermediate to senior, like. Thankfully, they, I think refs kind of do tend to let a little bit more go senior, which is good. But I mean, like, it, it is kind of in some ways it's a bit strange that we're we're in the gym two days a week, every single week, like working on getting ourselves stronger, fitter, faster. And then I suppose what you're kind of sometimes punished for being the, the stronger player. So I suppose it's it, it, it's strange in some senses. Yeah, yeah. No, it definitely is. Maybe it's something that they're going to change. What's the plan for today then and the week? The plan for yeah, the foreseeable anyway. Um, I think we'll head we'll head to a few of the clubs that have been good to us now over the last few weeks. Uh, looked after us, so we'll, we'll be doing a, f- a few stop offs. I think along the way. The captain's club will be the first one. Anyways, if you don't get to Dunboyne with yourself and Emma after playing so well, I don't know what's going to happen. Ah, uh, there's a heap of us from Dunboyne. We'll absolutely we'll we'll, we'll turn them that way into at some day now this week. <laughs> Come here. Thanks very much for taking the call, Vicky, and congratulations yesterday. No worries at all. Thanks so much, Tom. Great stuff from Vicky there. We'll come back and we'll do some analysis on the match. Okay, so Mead won 11, Dublin 12 points was the final score. Like, Mead never trailed in this game. It's, it's incredible, really, that they dominated this game and never looked like they were kind of... I didn't think they looked... Maybe at one stage when um, Emma Duggan missed the free and Dublin went down to put two in it, I was thinking, ooh, that could be, a, you know, a little bit. But Sarah, you've already brought up the kickouts. This set the tone for the whole thing. Vicky Wall wins the, wins the throw-in, runs down the field, fouled. Now, bang. Next kick out is nailed. Nevo Sullivan should have should have worked the goal at that stage. But now immediately you're thinking, you know, these kick outs are under pressure. Yeah, I think the kick outs was huge. Um I think it was a massive part of the game and I think the way the way they worked as a unit, a cohesive unit, and the the way they zonally pressed up on them was unreal. But if you watch at some point, there's a clip that I saw on Twitter, I think last night, but the corner forward, you know, she starts kind of um, between the 45 and the 21 and she makes it the whole way back to the 45 and intercepts the ball. But you could really see that throughout the game. It was like they knew exactly what was going to happen and they've obviously practiced it time and time again. Right, and Kira Trant, she's not known for a dodgy kicker. Like, I mean, can, Emma Duggan said before the game, Breach, that they targeted this 
Like, is that not something other teams would have targeted necessarily because she's a, she has a good kick out? Or is this a very brave thing Mead did? Yeah, I suppose, look, they, they, they knew what they had to stop. They knew they, knew they had to st- stop the overlap. Um, and so that's, that obviously, that's where, because that would be Dublin's strongest point is their overlap. Um, and they did that to precision, to be honest. And I suppose it was the same with Cork when they played Cork. Um, I mean, Martina O'Brien had couldn't get a kick out. I, t- I think Martina O'Brien kicked away three or four kick outs as well against Mead. Um, just the pressure was immense by them. So I think that's a plan that they've had with a long time. Um, you, you, I mean, I think I don't think you implement that just for a final. That's something that you're you're working on, you know, all the time. Yeah. Um, and just as well, uh, Emma Troy, the cornerback for Mead. Like I just thought she was immense for the game. Um, she was she was putting pressure on their kickouts. And then she was gone up the other side to, for her own kickouts, and she won an amount of them as well. So, I think they just worked really, really hard as a team, and they put pressure where they knew they needed to put pressure on. But I think that's been the plan with all year because, I mean, plans like that you don't just implement them two weeks before an Ireland final. Um, it's something they've definitely been working on. They, they definitely went zonal, Sarah. Like you, when you played Dublin in the semi final, what would your what was your plan? You know, just woman for woman, for example, or would you have tried that zonal as well? Uh, yeah, I think we tried it. Maybe didn't execute it as well as right. we did. But um, there was a moment in the second half where I think for about fifteen or twenty minutes, I think we executed it pretty well, and we really put Dublin under a lot of pressure. And there was a moment where Lisa Calf nearly she hit the post, and it was a bit of I think we were down by four. At the time and we were going into a water break had we got that score maybe there would have been a bit more momentum it was a bit of a moment in the game so I think and that all was coming from our kickouts any scores we got in the second half did come from kickouts so if we could have implemented that for 60 minutes um, you know I think the result would have been different so I think obviously their fitness as well that they have because that takes an awful lot of hard work as well from the forwards to work so far back um, but also smarts from someone like Emma Duggan she was she was still able to impact going forward but also was impacting defensively as well and you know that's not easy to do the, the, In the, the women's game I suppose Breach it's a lot easier to do that big press because there probably isn't that threat of the really really long one you know out over you to maybe take nine of your players out I almost felt sorry for the goalkeeper at one stage like there was very little for her to you know for her to aim at and another point I was thinking like, can the goalkeeper go off the ground if they want or do they have to go out of the hands I would think going off the ground for a short little one to the corner back would be a lot safer you know than trying to maybe kick it out of your hands which for me it would be riskier yeah, I, jeez, uh, Sarah, I don't know, but I, I'd say there's no problem if you want to kick it off the ground. Um, For the short ones, it might just, make more no, sense. You can if you it's, want. It's, never, it's just preference. It's like a free kick, I reckon. You can yeah. take from the ground or take from your hands. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. I suppose we've we've had, I've never seen a goalkeeper put a ball down to give a, a kick out yet. Um, maybe just we're just more comfortable kicking off our hands. Um, like as you said, I suppose you always know the ball isn't going to go that far up the that far up the field. So that's why it's so much different to men's game as well in in the for the kickouts strategy. Yeah. Um, you know they always talk about Stephen Cluxton having the short kickout and changing the kickouts, and we'd always be saying, "Geez, that's been done in ladies' football with a long time." So, <laughs> no, I'm not comparing men's to women or anything like that but you know it's just something that has has been done in ladies football with a long long time too I I have to say on the other side then Monica McGurk was just completely calm 
and the, the camera behind the goal is great like Mead were doing this bunch and break where they're all meeting in the middle and she just stands there waiting she's under any pressure relax someone's going to make a break and you think you know this girl is under pressure she's not she's just waiting for that one break to the wing and she just tap, taps it straight she was the opposite she was just completely calm in her kickouts. Yeah, I think that filtered the whole way through the field as well. I think you could really feel that offer. I think when you trust your goalkeeper as well, it does really filter throughout the field and someone with, you know, a good directional voice. I could just see from the cameras that she was using her voice a lot. And I think um, they obviously had everything well set up as well in terms of their kickouts. But um, yeah, she was brilliant yesterday. She made one really crucial save um, when Hannah Terrell took the shot on goal so I think that was another big moment for Dublin Yeah so there was a huge advantage there on the kickouts Talk about Mead talk to me about Mead's style uh, Breach like I mean Mick Bowen said after the game when he was asked about you know the new development in the game he says that style hasn't been there I'm not knocking it it's great the game evolves and people come up with different systems I, has that kind of counter-attack style not been in I remember seeing a Dublin-Galway All-Ireland final which was a pretty defensive game maybe the, the the actual counter-attack wasn't as good. Uh, maybe that's what Mead have brought to it, that good, good, easy on the eye, you know, kind of counter-attack. Yeah, um, look, I, I, I think um, Mead have, have have a system of holding onto the ball and, and just playing it around and then making a dart through. There was times there you could, you could see, like, you know, you'd be nearly shouting at one of the girls to make a run, you know, or... You know, and like I was, I was a neutral. I'd be the same if a Dublin girl wasn't making a run. You know, um, but you'd be like, oh my god, run ahead of her. But it was kind of like their style of play. They were very confident on the ball, which was, you know, for a new team up senior in an All Ireland final against the best team in the country, Dublin. Like they were so confident on yeah. the ball, and um, I was getting fierce excited. I was like, oh my god, would you, like, get the ball down the field? And but they just seemed to be very confident. Um. A little different, you know, they didn't do this overlapping play. Um, it, there was a very, a lot of, um, we'll say, horizontal play and kind of slightly backwards, but they were confident doing it. Um, the first half was fierce exciting. Um, I think for 20 minutes of the second half, it kind of got a bit, it was kind of, a, they were. it was like a dangerous play, but obviously they were confident doing it. And, um, you know, it was it was a credit to them to, to keep it going. Yeah, their conditioning's incredible because that's a gruelling game plan, Sarah, I suppose, isn't it? Like, I mean, and a lot of hand passes, you know, I'm not saying that's in a a critical way. They just don't want to give the ball away. So everything goes through the hands, even if they turn back, wait for the support runners to all catch back up and work from there. You know, they're just not giving it away. Yeah, I do. I'd I'd love to know a bit more about what their strength and conditioning is like and all that, because I think I, I always feel when you play Dublin, it's like, Sometimes it's normally the last 15 minutes you see Dublin, like teams get very close to Dublin until the last 15 minutes and then they pull away because they are probably a small bit fitter or are stronger and probably a bit more strength and conditioning done their legs. And that's why yesterday looking at it, it was like it felt like it was the opposite way around, that me yeah. just had more in their legs. And they could have kept going. I know there was a shaky moment, like you said, in the second half for 10 minutes where you're like, will Dublin's experience just override everything here? But... Um, I'd love to know exactly what they are doing because I think you know, they Eugene, look extremely you, well, fit. You, Eugene Ivers is their strength and conditioning coach and he was Donegal's under Jim McGuinness, uh, yeah. strength and conditioning coach, and he's been with them. For the last, I was talking to Vicky, we did that interview obviously oh, before yeah, you yeah. came in, but she was saying that they did so much work during lockdown with Eugene and, you know, their conditioning, they never got tired. They didn't look tired. They didn't look nervous at the end. You know, it didn't look like they were waning in any way, did it, Sarah? 
Yeah, and I would have like played with Vicky Wall and Avian Cleary when I was in DCU and like they've just looked like they've gotten themselves into the best physical shape they've ever been in. So they're obviously doing, you know, their strength and conditioning, their running and their nutrition has to be really on point and everyone seems to have bought into it because they did look like another level now yesterday. Yeah. Eamon Murray said about their style, uh, Breege, is we're working on, on that a few years now. It's really coming together. Um, it's very hard to score against us, which is fair enough. They've a, they've a lot of bodies in the scoring zone and, you know, th- like around that D area, which would be the majority of the scoring zone that's where they have all their players yeah like I mean I suppose I the one thing I was saying you know um if Carla Rowe gets the if Carla Rowe gets the ball um you know she's definitely going to get in for a goal um but Mead were smart enough to keep her away from the play like you know um like when was the last time we didn't see Dublin score a goal like you know they've been scoring two three goals every game if not more um so yeah, I think that that would have been a huge frustration for Dublin um, not to be getting that goal. And they had the goal chances, as you said earlier, Monica's uh, save was outstanding. Um, so yeah, they they just you know it it like you could see they're working like you'd have to know that they're working that system with a while, um, and it, like it showed, and they're growing in confidence, and their strength and conditioning was unbelievable, and even like Nevo Sullivan and. Um, Neva Sullivan there will say she's a light girl, but by God, she's a hardy bit of stuff. Like, you know, you don't push her off the ball or she doesn't pull out of any hard tattles. You know, she's a hardy bit of stuff. So, you know, they've obviously she's obviously really physically strong as well. Like, you know, so, um, yeah, they, they've an, they've an all round team and it's it was it was great to see it. Yeah. Neva Sullivan's point at the end was outstanding, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought Neva Sullivan was absolutely excellent yesterday. I think she was very smart. She got herself into really good positions. I think she was a huge threat for them. But also when you see a cornerback scoring on a day like that in an All-Ireland final, the momentum that that would give the rest of the group, I can yeah. only imagine. But I know if I saw my cornerback coming up the field and scoring a point, I'd be like, we're on here. Today's the day. Do you know? Yeah. So I do think there was, you could just see that real work and fight and care for each other that they had on the field yesterday. Yeah, the, the quarterback try when she came up and scored two she had that old kind of old school yeah. uh, punting style that remember Breach would have been in the ladies game 20 years ago whereas now they're all the good players are kicking around I the corner. That <laughs> <laughs> do you understand? Do you, do yeah, you under- I, I, I do think Emma Troy for me um, I like Vicky Wall was unbelievable Um and Neva Sullivan was unbelievable, but I actually thought for me, Emma Troy, the cornerback for me, she was actually my player of the game, to be honest. I she worked like a devil. She was on the ball and she just she just seemed to give the right pass every time. Um and you know, she was just she was blocking, she was harassing, and then she was up score she scored two points, didn't she? Yeah. Um I just thought she was, you know, unbelievable like you know a typical cornerback you know just do her job get it done go up and score the points and run back down the field as fast as she could I thought she was I thought she was excellent you know um and like she won so many of Monica's kickouts and she dispossessed the ball so many times she was the runner off the ball uh oh she was she was a joy to watch really I thought as well um you know, it was, it was lovely to see her play so well. You don't want this Sarah coming into the game where you have to follow her around the, the field for the day. 
no absolutely not I think that's your worst nightmare as a corner forward you're like no I don't want them to go anywhere and when they start going up the field you're like oh I have no choice I have to go but it just take away from your game then because you're not focusing on scoring you're not focusing on getting into positions being creative like you should be as a forward you're focusing on being like I have to be a defender today so um, yeah you wouldn't like to see Emma Troy coming definitely not You don't mind doing your little pretending to be tackling up there but the <laughs> yeah, I'm very good at pretending to tackle. You'd think after being in AFL for the last three years that I wouldn't mind the tackle, but yeah, I probably <laughs> subject to running away from a few of them. The, the majority <laughs> of forwards kind of pretend to tackle. Yeah. And anyone who's played can tell what they're, that they're pretending. I'm not just saying you in general. But it, yeah, it, to go with real intent, and that's the thing with me, I think they actually went with such intent, the forwards yesterday. And that's where I think that hard work that they were you know, coming off the back of, I think that was what was giving them the real momentum going forward was actually the fact that they were defending so well together. Yeah. Last word on Dublin then, Breach. Like, I mean, uh, again, Mick Bowen was saying after the, the match, he's expects, he's expects six to retire. Like, I mean, are we seeing a changing of the guard here? That's a lot of players. You know, their older girls probably weren't at their best um, yesterday. Like, I mean, the All-Ireland wide open now. Have Dublin come back to the pack? Are Mayo, Galway, Cork... Mead. You're lucky you or, said Mayo. <laughs> but you're all. Everyone's in the mix now, Breach, pretty much. Yeah, I think I think it's really opened up. Um, look, the you know, um, I I think there will be a few retirements definitely, um, and I think I, I I because they've been on the road so long and they they've won a lot together and they've lost a lot together. Um, I would imagine a few of them to go. Um, you know, but I do think it, it is going to open up things a small bit. And even even Dublin being beaten, it, you know, it just goes. It's it's kind of like when when Cork were beaten, people realise okay they can be beaten. Um, when the Kilkenny hurlers were beaten, you know, they were the kingpins, you know, for so long. You know, Dublin means they they were eventually beaten as well, and everything comes to an end, and and things change and. I think it'll it'll give confidence to a lot of um, counties. You know, they'll see, okay, this is Mead can do it. Sure, why can't we? Um, and and it opens up a lot more um, for for other years, definitely. And don't get me wrong, Dublin aren't gone. That's you know, they they still have some great players. Um, they have a great bench as well. Um, and I think yesterday, you know, I suppose Carla Rowe had 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 a, had an injury since the Mayo game, and Sinead Goldrick hadn't played a whole pile all year. Uh, she had a really bad injury. So, I mean, there are two more players now that, you know, could be flying fit for next year again. And, um, you know, it, you know, sometimes when you get injured before a match, it can play on your mind and stuff like that. And, um, you know, they're certainly not gone. They're, they'll be around next year. But I think Mayo, Galway, Cork, um, you know, Donegal, we're fierce close to Dublin as well. Obviously, you'll have Mead um, and you know, they'd be the strongest teams, I think, next year. Yeah, so there's a feeling after all those years of Dublin-Cork domination, Sarah, that potentially it might open up a little bit, you know, which will make you guys going back training in January a little bit easier, potentially. Yeah, definitely. I think um, when teams have won for so long, it's like Cork and like Dublin, you know, there's this sense of before 
teams turn up to games that they've lost already like yeah. psychologically they've lost the game so I think like you said um, Breach like Dublin being beaten now there's gonna it's gonna install a lot of belief in other teams to say actually we can do it they can be beaten and you know they're not inhumane like it's 15 v 15 at the end of the day so I do think that there is a real opportunity in this for an awful lot of teams and it will really open things up and it'll be very competitive next year yeah no it definitely will right we'll leave it there for the analysis and we'll come back with performance of the weekend So performance of the weekend, I think we've gone through a lot of these nominations um, here already. Like we did mention Emma Duggan. One thing I wanted to mention was her kicking style, um, Sarah. Like she's like she caresses it or something. Do you know, she's just it's such a lovely kind of lazy style. She's not trying to, it reminds me of Conor Callahan. She's not trying to drive it 100 miles over the bar. I think her second point where she received a hand pass with her back to the goals, she didn't have any idea where the posts were. And she kind of was able to hook it around and she knew it was over the minute she kicked it because she kind of turned around and ran back out the field. You know, like I think it was um, her manager say, said that she's going to be as good as Amy Mackin and she works harder than Amy Mackin. Like that's high praise. Yeah, that's a, that's a massive <laughs> statement. Um, Amy Mackin, an absolute star. But um, yeah, I think it just looks so effortless for her. It looked easy for her. But I, what I loved about her yesterday was like, like I said, she got in for a few scores, but I did love her work rate and I loved how much of a team player she was. I think she brought so much people into the game as well. And I just thought that was, um, you know, you do need that. You need even a forward who can score four goals a game or whatever you need them to be a really good team player as well and I, th- I think she really was that yesterday and that was very important that she needed to I suppose understand that she was going to be big players are always going to get targeted on days like that and she knew that she needed to I suppose throw the ball around a small bit more yesterday and she did that so that shows real class as well to yeah, me it, it definitely does and like I mean in a way Breach does that system of play it wouldn't exactly suit her you know she'd like a few early balls in and you know turn and kick it over the bar whereas she's out around the midfield she's receiving a hand pass she's just hand passing it off sometimes when you're looking at yourself, you're saying she's better than that now leave her in closer to the goals but she doesn't seem to mind the work no, not at all. And I think that's what I, is very impressive about her. Like I said a while ago, you know, she just wants to get her job done. She's a team player and she's just an effortless baller. Um, yeah. You know, it just, I, you know, I think it just comes naturally to her. So, some people are just really talented and it, it's it's very hard to get a really talented player like to be so natural as well as such a hard worker. You know, that's, that's actually very rare. Um, and I think she's definitely one of those players. Um you know, uh, comparing to her Amy, comparing her to Amy Mackin is a uh, is a big statement, and you know, it's it she should be privileged to be to be uh, compared to her too. You know, um, but yeah, I think she's she's an all round player, and she certainly isn't one bit selfish. You know, as good as she is, you know, she'll give the ball to the person in the right position, which is it's fantastic to see. And again, that's why that's why Mead won. Like you know. It's all about a team game, you know. It's not about individuals at all. And oh, she's she she's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, she's the real deal. Neva Sullivan, we've mentioned her, mentioned her. You know, brilliant kind of turnaround from snatching at that first one when she like she didn't show much composure there. It's like there was a goal on there, but she put away. It was like, geez, this might not be a day her day. And then she completely turned it around and was was excellent. Avian Cleary. 
A Rolls Royce of a number six. That's how kind of I would you, you know, describe her, Sarah. Yeah, I felt um, Avian got on an awful lot of ball yesterday. And I think as well, there was one, I think, shot that someone took. I can't remember who. And she was there to sweep up the breaking ball. And she did that a lot of times. Kind of, She was between the full back line and you'd often see her up in the forwards as well. I think she, I'd say if you looked at her GPS yesterday, she would have covered every blade of grass in Crow Park. So um, I thought she was exceptional yesterday. It's, it's the way, I suppose, the way Mead uh, play uh, Breach, it's like, you know, you're going to get those turnovers and she's always there to carry ball out of defence. You know, and when she's on the ball, Mead don't have to panic. You know, she's not going to lose it. You get that kind of reassurance when she has the ball. Yeah, like again, I just felt, you know, for, for a young team, um, and uh, we'll say an inexperienced team in a way, like she was just so confident on the ball. And I felt they all kind of trusted each other. They obviously have this big trust amongst each other, you know, which is which is key to any team. Um, and I, I definitely felt they had that and she, she was she was peaceful to that as well, you know, when she had the ball, when she won the ball, I think it gave them all a savage lift and she knew where to be like she she's a, an intelligent player as well like she just knew where to be and how to stand off the girls running through as well the Dublin girls running through so she she did a superb game as well yeah she was excellent um Emma Troy we've mentioned her already she was outstanding um Vicky Wall we haven't well we've mentioned her a little bit like I mean she's a force of nature though Sarah isn't she like I mean she's ha- very very hard to stop yeah she's she's nearly impossible to stop with the power and pace that she brings um it's unbelievable like it's rare that someone has power and pace and she was just running at the Dublin defence time and time again three players had to go to Vicky meaning that there was players free outside her or else they had to foul her it was one or the other they came to her and she popped it over their head or she was fouled so I just think she broke lines all day yesterday and caused absolute havoc that, that's the whole thing about that game plan too you have to have someone to break the lines and now you're through and now you know the defence is scrambling breach yeah and I, I, I think you know maybe that's like you know they held the ball uh, like around midfield centre back midfield they held it and then they'd give it to kind of Vicky and then she'd break the line or you know they held it for a long time and then they'd break the line you know and I think Vicky's a very cute player as well um you know, she she drew this momentum foul a lot. You know, so yeah. she crossed in, in front of um, the Dublin back, and she got this like well, it's a momentum foul because the Dublin girl couldn't do anything about fouling her. Um, she just, you know, Vicky pushed into her pass, and she was she was tripped, and you know, it just gave him great freeze and give him an option to open things up again. So she's she's a very smart player. She's full of power. Um. You know, and I think Sarah, you're right. It like it's not often you get power and speed together. Like I mean, I just think she's she's such an athlete. Like it's you know, and I think she's she, as you said, she's in the shape of her life as well. She's you know, she looks so fit and stuff. It's it's great to see it. She definitely loves buying that free when she gets one yard. She's cutting straight across, and she'll be tripped up, or she'll yeah. be you know, it's that kind of you know. Sometimes she goes down without much com- much contact. She wants that free big time. Like I mean, she's looking for it, but like I mean, that's her. That's the way. It, and and listen, like the very first free she got in the game, that was a, a it was a trip. 
But like if you're cutting across, there's a good chance you're going to get tripped, you're going to get hurt. You know, there is a part of her putting her body on the line by cutting across players like that, Sarah. Yeah, and to be fair, the way she plays is very brave and fearless as well. So like you do have to say, like she puts herself in position, she goes in for hard ball, 50-50 ball as well. Um, But yeah, she does do that step across um, someone's path very well. I think that, like you said, there was people tripping up over her feet and people trying to grab onto her arms. They had no choice but to try foul her or step into her path. Yeah, exactly. One other mention is Sarah Dillon, who scored 1-6 um, for Westmead, who won very easily. 1-6 um, from play, Breach, from, from Sarah. And she's had some, she's only 20. And she's a lovely kicking style as well, like a really top level player. And her manager was talking and he said, she's had such hard luck in the last few years. Two cruciates, two shoulder dislocations, and she never got a run. This year we got her fit, thanks be to God. She's transformed the team and is an absolutely magnificent footballer and she's only young. Um, she's going to be, she's going to get even better. Um, she's coming into her prime now. Like, I mean, I ha- I have to admit, I hadn't heard of Sarah Dillon and maybe that's because of all these injuries, but like, I just saw her clips. She's kicking really, really high level points. Yeah, Westmead played Westmead played unbelievable yesterday. Um, I felt a bit sorry for Wexford. Um, you know, not an easy position to be in. Um, but yeah, their their scoring ability was was excellent, and Sarah was Sarah was unbelievable. Um, I suppose to come back from those injuries, um, you know, one cruciate is hard at that age. Two is two is unbelievable, and then she had the shoulder injuries as well. So, it shows great character of her to to come back and. I suppose even for management to see her ability and not give up on her is is a lovely trait of the management as well because you know they sometimes when someone keeps getting injuries they're kind of put to the back of the the bus and they're they're nearly forgotten about um so it was lovely to see her get get the chance like that and to to come back and um they'll be up senior now next year so they'll be they'll be a big jump for them um I'm sure they'll be playing Dublin and Westmead in are Dublin and Mead in um in Leinster Championship, so it'll be it'll be a big jump for her. Um, but you know, looking from yesterday, she just seemed to do so well. Um, you know, and like you said, it was it was an effortless, and she she just seems to be a good baller. Yeah, she definitely does, Sarah. Impressed with her scores, come come from tight angles as well. Yeah, unbelievable. And like you said, to have that many injuries, it's like an athlete's worst nightmare. And to have them at that age and to actually deal with not only the physical effects of that, but the psychological effects of that being like, will I retire from football? If you've done two cruciates and two shoulders, like that's an awful lot of injuries. Some people don't get that in their whole career. So for her to bounce back from that, absolute respect and admiration and Fair juice to her yesterday. That's um, an unbelievable win for Westmead, and they've been coming for a long time. They're knocking on the door when they get up to senior. You know, they're they're always a challenge to beat. So I think they'll do very well in senior, but it will be a massive jump. Yeah, well, they think they're going to win the All Ireland next year now after what Mead did. <laughs> yeah, Westmead exactly. will be getting really the cocky. Sky so is it. your limit. I think <laughs> yeah. Mead have installed that belief in all of us now. So um, you know, they'd be a true inspiration to the whole to the whole country really at the moment. I think they are. So who are we giving performance of the weekend to? Um, I think you're with um, Emma Troy. Are you Breach? Who who, who are you um, leaning towards Sarah? I think I'm Neva Sullivan. I was just really impressed with her smarts yesterday. I think um, you can't you can't coach some of the stuff that I think she did really well yesterday. Yeah, so we're not going to give it to Vicky Wall. She got it in the intermediate final last year. She got it on TV yesterday and she's gotten enough. So I'm going to have to come down with the casting vote on Neva Sullivan and Emma Troy because I'm, le- I'm leaning towards Emma Duggan. <laughs> so I don't oh. know. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> 
Well, listen, it's my show, so usually I just come to whoever I want to get it. Uh, absolutely, you gets make it. the rules around it's ha- here. To be fair, like I mean, usually I f- can find it hard, Bridge, well, to to find a lot a lot in the last few games with the men. There's no outstanding performances, but there's six, seven. We haven't even mentioned the mid midfielders who came up against the Dublin midfield that is huge, physical, you know, brilliant, brilliantly um, strong, and brilliant footballers too, and broke even easily with them. Yeah, de- like definitely. Um, you know, I think like me, just all rounds, they were all they were all excellent. But as you, as we were saying there, there was a co- maybe a couple of standout moments for 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 other players. Um, you know, so um, yeah, they, it's it's kind of hard to pick. I mean, there's we've four there as it is, and it's kind of hard to pick pick between them as it is. So I mean, I would have. I would have huge thoughts on how excellent Vicky Wall was, how excellent Neve was, and how how excellent Emma Duggan is. So, um, yeah, I it's it's hard to pick really, to be honest. Yeah, well, I'm going to pick. I'm going to go with Sarah Dillon, um, left field, one six from play, points from all sorts of angles, um, lovely kick in style, and an absolute disastrous run of injuries to go to Croke Park and put in a performance like that. I think she's well deserving uh, performance of the weekend. So congratulations to her. Right, that's it. Um, thanks very much, Sarah and Breege, um, for the review show. Thank we'll you. be back on Thursday and we'll preview the All-Ireland Men's Final. We'll talk to you all then. Good luck. But this little dink ball, the only one in the crowded area where it's a fist pass, the weight is taken over, hits the ground and it bounces into a fella's chest. Why do you not do many interviews? Oh really? Yeah, I might have been asked to do a whole while. Really? Yeah. Have you ever rang me? And they're roaring at me, I coffee, you free state bastard. <laughs> and next thing I hear, you have no fucking jurisdiction up here. <laughs> <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.